Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world, the Fairways of Life show, on air, online, and around the world, with the most candid interviews. Don't let anybody get in your way. Follow your dream. Do it the right way. Be honest about it. Do the right thing when nobody's looking. That's the greatest advice I can give you. Taking you beyond the ropes. The most exciting part about a golf game is the ball curved. Now we live in a world where there's no curve. It's pull or push and bombs away. I believe the complete player of the future is going to know both art and data. Unforgettable stories. Fluff would call me after a practice round, and he would say to me, Peter, this kid Tiger Woods hits shots like I've never seen. This kid is unbelievable. And then Tiger would call like 20 minutes later and say, Peter, you won't believe this. I registered and they gave me a free car to drive. A bridge to the past. Years and years from now, Mr. Palmer, what do you want the legacy of Arnold Palmer to be? Well, uh, I suppose just that I have made a contribution to the game to help make it a little better. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's Matt Adams. Hey, buddy. Welcome to the program. Pleasure to have your company. We are now officially on the Friday morning after the PGA Tour has resumed golf at the Charles Schwab Challenge at the Colonial Country Club in Fort Worth. Hopefully you had a chance to catch the coverage, which was all day long between PGA Tour Live and Golf Channel. PGA Tour Live just came on the air again this morning. Uh, I want to give you an update on what's going on in the leaderboard, and I suspect until we get into our second segment, when we have a special guest joining us, and that special guest is associated with the great name Ben Hogan, who's associated with the great golf course of Colonial. Justin Rose and Harold Varner III share the lead. Seven under par after matching rounds of 63. They did it in opposite sides of the day. However, tied for third are scores of six under par 64. Jonathan Vegas, Abraham Answer, and Colin Morikawa, the, the first three of those four names. The fourth tied for third, a six under par 64. Yep, Justin Thomas feeling it. First time playing in the event, but he was figuring out pretty quickly. Tied for seventh. Scores of 65. So 65s have them two shots off the lead. Brian Harmon, who was leading for for a while early in the day. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he was the first one out uh, yesterday morning. Bryson DeChambeau, who tees off at 12.55 today. I'm not even sure how to describe how he looks. He definitely looks heavier than what he was, and it's definitely working for him. Dom just said big, and my head said 65. Uh, Gary Woodland is tied for seventh with a 65, and reports for Gary with that that he's actually lost a lot of weight. He's gotten in even better shape. Tied for seventh after 65, Daniel Berger, Adam Hadwin, 61-year-old Tom Lehman. How about that? Uh, Tyler Duncan. Jordan Spieth, Xander Shoffley, even going through one grouping like that speaks to the depth of this field. Tied for 16th. These are scores of four under par. Brandon Grace, Sunjay M, Corey Connors, Cameron Champ, Ian Poulter, Ryan Moore, Vaughn Taylor, Sepp Straka, Matt Jones, and Adam Shank. Okay, so that's just looking at the top of the leaderboard I was giving you as players. Inside of the top 20 right now, the weather conditions in terms of scoring, pretty much perfect yesterday at Colonial Country Club. Let me see if I can get you an actual report on the weather. I can't do it. Hold on one second. Here we go. 
Uh, weather conditions, Colonial Country Club yesterday. Sunny, high of 93. Winds were east, 6 to 12 miles per hour as they crested in the afternoon. It's actually more than what I was expecting them to be, to be perfectly honest with you. Hear me talking about Tom Lehman. At 61 years old, he becomes the oldest player to shoot 65 or better on the PGA Tour since 1980. How about that? Uh, Justin Rose holds the 18th first-round lead or co-lead on the PGA Tour. His close percentage of the same, not quite as impressive. Two for 17 so far to date. Harold Varner III holds the first-round lead or co-lead on the PGA Tour for just the second time in his career. i got all kinds of information to go through with you and to share, but first let's hear from some of the players and how they accomplished exactly what they did. We start with the first to post a 7-under par 63. It was Justin Rose. The question is, just how good a start did you have when you ripped it up out there early? Yeah, start today was great. I mean, well, it, great-ish, right? So I missed the fairway left, missed the green slightly to the right, had one of those awkward grainy Bermuda lies, didn't fancy chipping it, knocked a little three-wood up and, you know, hit the pin and disappeared. I kind of said, welcome back. You know? It was a nice way to start. And then, uh, you know, got some momentum going early. Didn't play particularly well in my first six, seven holes, but the putter was really, really hot. And then I felt, I felt like I really got into a nice rhythm on, on the back nine, uh, so they hit fairways, greens, kind of felt like, a, you know, could have maybe got it in the clubhouse better than seven in the end, but I mean, obviously great start and uh, rode my luck a bit on the front nine or obviously the back nine, but my front nine and that was the key to the day. Given we haven't seen PGA Tour competitive golf and you haven't played in three plus months, were you expecting to come out and play this well? I mean, I've, I've worked hard for sure. I've, I've tried, I've done my, I haven't just sat around thinking about, okay, you know, I had the opportunity to, to try and get better. My season wasn't going particularly well up until um, the Players' Championship, so try to look at the positives of being away. Obviously, it's been a tough situation for many, for everybody across the world, obviously, and uh, some dire circumstances, but you've got to look at yourself and your own personal situation and try to think, how can I make the most of this you know, very strange period in history? So, um, yeah, it was gave me a little extra motivation to work hard just to try to... Uh, find a level that I hadn't had hadn't had until this point this year. Let me tell you how good that level was. Seven birdies, zero bogeys for Justin Rose in his seven under par 63. He hit 11 of 14 fairways, 12 of 18 greens in regulation, but only 24 putts. Now that speaks to, if you remember what Michael Toth was telling us the other day, the tournament director, how perfect those greens are. That speaks to how perfect those greens were when Justin Rose found them. He birdied seven of his first 12 holes. He was under par in the par threes, fours, and fives in the first round. Lowest round on tour for Justin Rose since May of 2019. He had a 63 in the second round of the Memorial. That's the seventh Charles Schwab challenge start for him. His best finish was a win back in 2018. Tied for 58th in 2019 at the same event. Sixth worldwide start in 2020. His best finish was second at the Singapore Open. His best tour finish, this PGA Tour finish this season, was a tie for 28th at the World Golf Championships, HSBC Champions. Ten career wins. His last was the 2019 Farmers Insurance Open. Obviously, again, they're talking about PGA Tour there. Three missed cuts in his last four worldwide starts. But what a start it was for him. Now, he's sharing that lead in seven under par with Harold Varner III, both players posting rounds of 63, Here's what Harold Varner III said after his 63. 
Um, obviously, I hit a lot of greens. I mean, I think I heard I hit all of them. But um, just playing golf is just good to be back out there. Um, I don't know. I just I've been playing a lot of golf lately, and just tried to keep it as normal as possible. And you know, obviously, work today. Harold, a lot of eyes went to you after the death of George Floyd and the actions that followed, and you've been very gracious with your thoughts and emotions. In some way, have you used what has happened and the actions that have followed as an inspiration? Um, I mean, I didn't think about it out there on the golf course today. It was kind of when I was on the golf course, it kind of got me in my in my zone. I love playing golf. I've been uh, fortunate enough to do this for a living. So when I got on the golf course, I wasn't thinking about anything. But right now, you know, obviously I know we're still in a, we're in a tough spot and uh, we'll handle it whenever I get done work. And, uh, you know, I just, I just want to play well. Off the golf course, before the round, uh, after the round, throughout the few weeks, do you feel like you're playing for more than just Harold Varner out there? Yeah, I, I for sure think that. Um, but the platform I have is through golf, so I know playing well is a part of that. So you got to focus on the most important thing, and that's playing well. So it, um, just that's what I tried to do, you know, focus on that. Um, I had a lot of fun. You know, I had a great pairing. Um, but, yeah, it just goes to show how – you know, life is precious, so you just uh, take every day for what it is. Finally, back to the competition. When you get off to a great start like this, how much optimism does that give you heading into tomorrow? Uh, yeah, uh, a lot. I mean, I, I like starting like that. That was good. <laughs> so it just gives me another opportunity to do something well and uh, just looking forward to the challenge. All right, so for Harold Barnard III and his 700 par 63 tie him atop the leaderboard with Justin Rose, he had zero bogeys and seven birdies. He had 10 at 14 fairways, and get this, ready? 18 of 18 greens in regulation, even though he had five more putts than Justin Rose. You can see what the trade-off is there. Second time in his career hitting 18 of 18 greens in regulation. First uh, in an opening in any round. The first last time he did it was in the first round of the 2018 Houston Open. 63 ties the second lowest round of his career. He had a 63 at the 2017 Wyndham Championship. His career low round is a 62 at the 2015 Mayakoba Classic. He has no wins yet. It's in fact zero wins in 128 career starts. He does have a European tour win. He won the 2016 Australian PGA Championship. His best finish this season is a tie for 13th at the Genesis Invitational, where he trailed by one shot after three rounds. His final round in that event was a 74. Only once. Has he at least had a share of the first-round lead on tour? The 2019 Waste Management Phoenix Open, he was tied for first, and he finished up being tied for 10th. Now, where Todd Lewis from Golf Channel, courtesy of Golf Channel, was asking him, and I think PGA Tour, CBS, not sure, all the other credits are go with it because everybody is helping everybody else uh, this year. You heard Todd was asking him about, you know, how you doing with the pressures of everything that's going on this week and everybody wants his opinion on stuff. And he's been really good and really gracious. He did that great interview that we featured with you guys with with Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the PGA Tour. Well, at 61 years old, setting a record such as he did and firing a five under par 65. Tom Lehman was asked about the same kind of the, the question of, you know, like, where is golf's place right now with everything that's going on and the protests and all the rest? And being that Tom Lehman and his family are from Minnesota, he had a pretty emotional response. This was Tom to the press. Well, there's there's so much to say about that, you know, but what I would say is this, is that. Uh, I, th- I think everybody needs to feel deeply what happened and, and to hurt deeply because of what happened to George Floyd. I think everybody needs to understand that 
that when you have a absolute disregard for the suffering or pain of somebody else or the death that you cause on somebody else, if you have no regard for that, you are a part of the problem and you need to get your shit together. So I would say that's probably the thing I took away from is, is let's, let's just understand that we're all human beings and need to care about each other. Uh, if you can't do that, then I feel sorry for you. All right, so that was Tom Lehman addressing the media at large following his round. He did speak with Doug Bell after posting that historic 65. Now, granted, that 65 still has him two shots off the lead, but he set uh, for a 61-year-old the lowest round, first ever 65 by someone of that age. So let's find out what Tom Lehman and Doug Bell from PGA Tour Radio spoke about after the round. Well, you know, we were given perfect conditions today. Um, you know, kind of heavy air. So the ball really wasn't going all that far, and uh, especially for me. I mean, I was uh, it's like I couldn't get out of my shadow today. But uh, I drove it in the fairway a lot. But the fairways are soft. The greens are soft. Uh, there's not, you know, there's barely any breeze. Uh, so I think if you um, can put the ball in the fairway, you're probably going to give yourself a lot of looks at birdie. And, if, you know, the greens are a little on the slow side, so you can be somewhat aggressive. So I think all in all, it's a conducive uh, golf course right now for shooting a low score. You know, your son is on the bag, um, yeah. and this has got to be just a special few days. It could be a special week for you. <laughs> I think any time that uh, we can be out here together on the golf course, whether it's him caddying for me or me caddying for him now, uh, is, is, you know, it's kind of the world is good, you know. So I think it's good for him to be out here. He, you know, he aspires to be a professional. He, he turned pro about two months ago, and this is where he wants to be. He's a very athletic person, and uh, got a beautiful golf swing, and so I think for him to see, you know, probably the biggest thing is for him to see how hard these guys work. I mean, they're the top players in the world, and they still probably outwork everybody else. Uh, if you want to get this good, you've got to work that hard, and I think it's good for him to see that. You know, Tom, you've had such an interesting career. The only guy to be the player of the year on the now the Corn Ferry, the PJ Tour, and PJ Tour champions. Pretty amazing. You're the only guy to accomplish that. Well, you know, I was there at the beginning of the Hogan tour, you know, so it wasn't around before, you know, my time, um, you know, but, uh, you know, it's the thing I'm proud of, of about that is it's, you know, the longevity of that, the, the consistency over a somewhat long period of time is, is what I take away from that and what I'm probably most proud of. Um, you know, I played at a pretty high level, uh, you know, ever since I got out of that Hogan tour all the way through to today. And, uh, you know, that makes me feel good. You know, Dennis Paulson is in our booth this week, and he said you guys have played matches together all over the world. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the member playing, we played together in the uh, California State Open way back in the day out of Palm Springs. And, um, you know, you know, kind of that, we're that genre of player who uh, really didn't have uh, the complete game out of college, and we had to kind of find our way and, and work hard and travel the world and get some experience. And, uh, yeah, so he and I and a bunch of other guys, you know, really kind of traveled that road together and, and – uh, you know, there is uh, there's not one thing I would I would change or do differently. He's rooting for you openly yeah, in the yeah. booth. <laughs> well, he's my age almost, you know, so, you know, us old guys got to kind of hang together. Tom Lehman, after a 65 to start, absolutely amazing. We've got a lot more to go through with you here on the Fairways of Life show on this Friday. We all are loving, I'm sure, 
that golf is back underway again. There'll be some play. We don't have any scores coming in yet, but we do expect that they will be coming in soon. When we come back from this break, we're going to be joined by a special guest where we tether together a, a part of the family of the Fairways of Life show, a Ben Hogan's legacy at Colonial, how this can benefit you, all of it that can come together in one package. FrenchLick.com is a package that is so impressive and includes historic hotels, two of them, and they're very unique, new accommodations. Uh, it includes these two classic golf courses, both of their architects in the Hall of Fame in the form of Pete Dye and Donna Ross. I absolutely love the Donna Ross Golf Course. In fact, we're going to go there in October with listeners. You're more than welcome to join us. Go to fairwaysoflife.com slash French Lick. If you're interested in it and uh, want to sign up for it, I do not honestly know if it's full right now, but I do know that everyone that goes in that trip, my plan is to give every traveler a PTX uh, Pro forged irons uh, it means uh, all the details are on this you get a chance to take a look at it but it is a really really cool resort and we love that we're associated with frenchlick.com a bridgestonegolf.com is where you can go to get v fit to make sure that the golf ball you're playing is perfect for you and perfect for your game if you're going to get fit in every other regard you know what shaft you play and all the rest why wouldn't you get fit in a golf ball and not play something that you found in a bush so they are the only ones that are doing it to this level and when you get v, v is for video. When you get V fit, they're going to ask you for shots at specific angles that get measured, and you're going to hear back from an actual expert, not an algorithm, not a robot, an expert that's going to say to you, this is the type of golf ball that we recommend for your type of swing. BridgestoneGolf.com. More of the Fairways of Life show after these words. It's likely that the world's greatest Lynx golf courses will be the reason you will want to plan a trip to Ireland. And with over 400 courses to choose from, you're sure to find whatever you seek. But Ireland is about even more than great golf. In this ancient land, the past works hand in hand with the present, from cultural sites to castle ruins. Stay in a country B&B or a luxury hotel and spa. Enjoy inspiring local culinary choices paint and music at a cosy pub but most of all enjoy the warmth and hospitality of the Irish people who will make you feel that you haven't travelled from home but have returned to it. Visit Ireland.com to get started. Come to where history meets luxury at the family friendly French Lick Springs Hotel where there is something for everyone from kids fest to shopping, bowling, golf and other outdoor activities or at the West Baden Springs Hotel you can wrap yourself in old world elegance Visit our luxurious spa, indulge in an afternoon tea, a historic tour, and multiple sophisticated dining options. Then, finish your day with a cozy carriage ride before turning in for sweet dreams. Only this isn't a dream. Visit FrenchLick.com to plan your vacation today. At FootJoy, they know the swing starts from the ground up, so you can take on those uphill, downhill, and sidehill lies. That's why FJ provides footwear that you need for superior traction and stability on every shot. Whether it's the all-new Pro SL, the hottest shoe on tour, or the max performance of the all-new Tour X, the all-around comfort and performance of FJ Fury, FJ offers a shoe for every player because finding the right shoe for your game matters. Shop now at FootJoy.com. Tour Edge continues their meteoric rise in 2020. Over 90 different tour pros have put Tour Edge into their bag, including staffers Scott McCarron, Tom Lehman, Tim Petrovic, and Duffy Waldorf. Tour Edge makes clubs for every player type, and they set themselves apart with their unprecedented 48-hour delivery on custom-fit orders and by offering a lifetime warranty and by building their clubs in the good old U.S. of A. Visit TourEdge.com to learn more about their new club for 2020. Tour Edge, pound for pound, nothing comes close.
Boyne Golf provides the ultimate world-class golf destination with 10 championship-caliber courses spanning three resorts. Centered in Michigan's northern Lower Peninsula, the courses are the products of some of the game's masters, including Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross. From the all-inclusive vacation packages, elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled Michigan golf vacation experience. Just log on to BoyneGolf.com and take in all the splendor that is a golf experience unlike any other. TheGolfTravelGroup.com is a luxury golf tour operator that specializes in custom travel itineraries to Scotland, Ireland, England, Wales, Iceland, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and more. Guaranteed advanced tee times, incredible accommodations, airport meet and greet services, private guided tours and private drivers, all in luxury vehicles, and they have a staff that's been doing it forever. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life Show. Pleasure to have your company on this Friday. As soon as scores start coming in from the second round of the Charles Schwab Challenge, we'll send them along your way. As it stands right now, Justin Rose, Harold Varner the third, tied atop the leaderboard. Both of those golfers posting scores of seven under par, 63, one shot back and six under par. Jonathan Vegas, Abraham Answer, Colin Morikawa, and Justin Thomas, Thomas and Morikawa with their six under par rounds were both later in the day. So too was Harold Varner III with a tie for the lead at seven under par, which shows that without the winds kicking up in Fort Worth, the golf course allowed some good scoring later on in the day. We'll see what kind of scoring it allows in the morning because now you've got some people at the top of the leaderboard that will be going off earlier when the greens will be a little bit better just from traffic from that perspective, maybe a little bit softer as well. We'll see. A little bit later on in the program, I'll give you more of the notables on this leaderboard. It is notable that in Fort Worth, Texas, and particularly this week at Colonial, there's so much thought about Ben Hogan. Well, when he started the Ben Hogan Golf Equipment Company in 1953, his mantra was pretty simple. He was going to design the best performing golf equipment in the world, and his standard was exacting. If it wasn't perfect, it didn't happen. Well, the Ben Hogan Golf Equipment Company to this day and in this variation has the same approach, digging it out of the dirt just like their namesake did and doing it differently than everybody else. They don't go through retailers, so you don't have that 40%, 50% retail markup. The technology is absolutely top of the line. When you combine that technology with the design now you're going hand-in-hand with artistry. And when you top it all off with the name Ben Hogan, that signature etched into the metal, I know how proud you'll be in slipping clubs with the Ben Hogan name into your golf bag. Scott White is the CEO of BenHoganGolf.com. Again, the website, as I've reminded you guys every day and will through the course of this interview as well as joining us right now to talk about the Hogan lineage in Fort Worth at Colonial and what it all means for the equipment company. Scott, how are you? Hey, I'm great, Maddie. Good to hear from you. Good to hear your voice again. Yeah, likewise. How how did it go for you through the whole pandemic and all the rest? You and the family okay? Oh yeah, we're fine. You know, it's it's uh, it's a challenging time as as everybody knows, but uh, we we managed and. Uh, 
we're looking forward to putting this all behind us. Good. I'm glad to hear that. You came out with the Icon Irons really through the midst of all this stuff, and it's making a lot of noise. It's creating a buzz in the golf industry. Obviously, you knew what you were doing before you did it. You knew what you were working on with the design and the cosmetics, but did you expect the reaction to be as strong and as positive as it has been? Well, we certainly hoped that we would get this reaction. We, we felt confident that we would. Um, as always, we did a lot of testing and, and uh, went through a lot of different prototypes before we brought the Icon Irons to market. And, uh, you know, we, we got the reaction we kind of expected. Uh, you know, better players, more competitive players, certainly love the look and, and the feel, the forged and, and, and really buttery soft. Is, that's kind of the common phrase we hear from a lot of players who try them. Um, but yeah, they've they've been very well received, as you said, and and uh, it's been it's been uh, it's been really great for the company. Um, you know, really, as you talked about as the lead in, it's you know forged irons, and and certainly something like the icon is really representative of what we think Mr. Hogan wanted when uh, when he started his his golf equipment company some sixty five or sixty six years ago. Mm. You know, I'm also a huge fan of the PTX Pro irons, also forged, folks, perimeter weighted, tungsten in them, hollow in the longer irons, all of the things that go into an exceptionally made iron. But what I see that's interesting between those two, Scott, is that there's a family resemblance there. Do you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm sure it was mm-hmm. conscious as well, but there's a family resemblance between the irons. How much of that was absolutely dead on deliberate? How would you accomplish it? Yeah, I mean that was 100% planned, and um, and and will continue to be part of our product development mantra going forward. Um, you know, we really feel it's important that all Ben Hogan golf equipment is clean, classic, elegant. You know, we use all of those words when we when we when we sit down and and start to design any new product, whether it be an iron or a wedge or or even a driver or a hybrid. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's really important that everything flow together. Um, you know, especially with the icons and the PTX Pro irons, um, you know, we were able to introduce a combo set. So now uh, golfers can, can sort of pick and choose and design their own, their own set. Um, you know, use part of the PTX Pro mid irons and then the icon short irons. And it's, you know, it's important that everything look the same. Uh, you don't want, uh, really harsh different graphics in your bag and and uh, really the thing that ties everything together is that beautiful iconic Ben Hogan signature logo Absolutely. Let's let's talk for a second about this idea of combo sets. Take us through the philosophy there if you would and and uh, is there is it one set or do you, do you let people customize by loft and maybe a hybrid or two or what have you? Yeah, we, we do let people pick and choose. Um, you know, when we when we set out to design this set, let, let me back up. I mean, there are certainly combo sets in the marketplace right now. Most of them, I'd say the vast majority of them, start out as combo sets. And, you know, our feeling is that when you start out to build a combo set, uh, you're making you're – making, uh, Cut, you're cutting corners in, in one place or another. You're either cutting it at the, at the short end of the set where you've got too much game improvement technology or at the opposite end of the, of the set where you don't have enough. Um, and so what we decided to do, rather than develop a, a set from scratch, is we took two of our best-selling iron sets, or uh, the Icon short irons, and, and married them with the PTX Pro mid irons. Mm-hmm. And then at the long end of the set, 
we're giving people a choice. You can choose one of our new utility clubs called UI High, or if you like hybrids, you can choose one of our new uh, uh, VKTR Plus hybrids. So, you know, it's it's really when we when we look at it, we kind of des- divide the setup into three separate segments: long irons, mid irons, and short irons. And you know, we think we've landed on the best of of all three of those worlds with the players combo set. So correct me if I'm wrong then, Scott White, CEO of BenHoganGolf.com. Would that not open up the spectrum of handicaps? Because if you're going to go that way and give that much forgiveness in in terms of the long irons and the ease, which everyone, no matter what handicap you're you're playing off or, or none, can benefit from, but wouldn't that help a higher spectrum as well? So now we're open, opening up these beautiful Ben Hogan uh, golf equipment options to even more and more golfers. Yep, yeah, and that's exactly the that's exactly the plan. Um, you know, we now have irons, uh, you know, really to fit almost any handicap level, and we get a lot of, you know, I hate to define by handicap index, but twelve, mm-hmm. fourteen, fifteen handicap players that put together these player combo sets, and they they play extraordinarily well with them. Um, and so, yeah, it allows more people. Um, you know, more serious golfers, regardless of of how well they play to to join the Ben Hogan family and, and, and carry Ben Hogan products. So yeah, you're right. It's exactly exactly what happened with the with this new set. Now if someone goes on to BenHoganGolf.com, what will they see on the website in terms of whether they're looking for a combo set, a full set of iron, say, a driver, a wedge, a hybrid, a fairway wood, a bag? What kind of options will we find there? Well, the you know the the website BenHoganGolf.com is sort of our lifeblood, and so we spend a lot of time and energy and effort to make it as clean and clear and, and easy to understand as possible. Um, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, we we have you know really now a full line, uh, a full bag options. We have everything from a from driver and fairway woods to hybrids and, and other long iron alternatives. As I said, the the UI high uh, utility clubs. We've got three sets of irons or three models of irons, including the new, uh, well, not so new, a year old now, Edge, um, which is uh, kind of a, uh, a modified version of the one that was introduced so successfully in the late 80s. Mm. And then, you know, wedges and putters and bags and all kinds of stuff. So, you know, you can you can really uh, have, a, have an entire bag of, of Ben Hogan golf equipment now if you want to. And that's a relatively new phenomenon. Uh, a year ago, we couldn't say that. Well, let's go right down to the bag itself that you're putting these clubs in. What kind of options do you have in terms of Ben Hogan golf bags for people? Well, up until really recently, we just had one option. We had four colors, but one option. We had a really nice, we still have a very nice BH1 uh, stand bag, which is a pretty lightweight, uh, very durable, very easy to carry. Uh, you know, it's a carry bag, very, very classic and elegant looking. But we had such consumer demand for both a Sunday bag and a staff bag that we added those to the equation as well. So now we've got three different models, everything from the, the classic red, white, and blue Hogan staff bag to, uh, to, the, to the carry bag, as I mentioned, and then a really lightweight two-pound uh, Sunday bag. Just want to go out and play a few holes and carry a few clubs with you. So uh, plenty of options there as well. The importance to BenHoganGolf.com, folks, again, is the website, but the importance to the company, Scott, of staying in Fort Worth and keeping with the lineage that was, I know I've been there and have met the employees that actually worked with Mr. Hogan 
themselves. How much was that part of the ethos of who you guys identify yourselves as being? Yeah, it's it's really important. Um, you know, we still feel, and I know it sounds corny, but we still feel that Mr. Hogan is part of the equation. Um, as you've seen and other people who visit us see, you know, we, we still have a lot of his uh, mementos and furniture and things around the office that, that really make us feel like he's there. Um, you know, we're not a big fancy, uh, you know, modern day company. You know, we still build clubs one at a time by hand using the same process that, that Mr. Hogan demanded uh, when, when he started his company so long ago. So, you know, being in Fort Worth is, is critical. Um, you know, there's, there's a certain vibe there. Um, certain pride, um, certain integrity that uh, that we just feel is is really important. And uh, you know, all the folks that that work with us um, are very very proud of of being with Fort Worth, uh, being from Fort Worth, and and uh, certainly very proud of of working uh, to continue Mr. Hogan's legacy. We are very proud as well, Scott, as you know, to be associated with Ben Hogan. A golf equipment company here with Fairways of Life. Uh, what you guys are doing, I have to tell you, I haven't seen you in a while, so I could tell you that a number of friends of mine that are executives with or presidents of other club companies are very much noticing what you guys were doing. And it's classic when you start out on a path and maybe either people ignore it or they chuckle at it or they raise their eyebrow or whatever reaction they have, they go, okay, you're going to go direct to the consumer with equipment, a one-on-one relationship. However, now all of a sudden there's a lot of people, as you probably well know, that are looking at what you guys are doing and going, these guys are making a real impact and they're making noise in the industry. How pleased are you and or surprised, I hope you're not surprised, at that reality that the program is being received so well? Well, I'm I'm not really surprised. I mean, uh, you know, when we sort of pivoted the company away from traditional retailers about three years ago now, you know, we sort of expected this um, as more and more people in general become more and more accustomed to buying products online, um, you know, even even premium products and expensive products. And, um, you know, so we're really just taking advantage of modern commerce the the way you know commerce trends are 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 shifting away from retail and and more to online but you know certainly the covid-19 uh, issue has has sort of accelerated that and 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 accelerated the the pace of acceptance um you know our challenge right now is you know we're selling so many golf clubs that our factory quite honestly isn't big enough to 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 deliver them as quickly as yes. we'd like i mean typically That's we awesome. try to turn things we try to turn, you know, custom crafted clubs around in about two weeks at the at the longest. But right now, you know, a new order will take just about twenty four to twenty eight days to fulfill. So um, it's a good problem to have. Uh, but yes. uh, you know, we'll continue uh, down this path. We've we've proven now that it uh, it really does work and it's resonating. And um, you know, at the end of the day, it's good for us, but it's also good for serious golfers. I mean, you know, they're buying able to buy premium quality golf equipment, um, you know, with no retail markup. So it's a, it's a, it's a win-win equation for everybody. There's no doubt about that. And when it's micromanufactured the way that you do, I think people will understand 
the time period it takes to make sure that theirs is artfully and artisan crafted just for them. Now, you're not asking people to take a leap of faith. You have a demo program as part of Ben Hogan Golf. You have a trade up program as part of Ben Hogan Golf. You have a financing program as part of Ben Hogan Golf. You're continuing to push the boundaries of not only how unique you guys are, but making it easy to slide into a new set of clubs. Could you talk to us about those programs and how they've been received? Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we're we're directly connected to the to the end user of our golf clubs. I think we're probably the only manufacturer that can say that. You know, we talk to our consumers, you know, people who buy and use our golf clubs every day, and uh, we know what they want, and and uh, you know, we've developed some programs to solve those. You know, one is the demo program, as you mentioned, where we, where we send out golf clubs for a couple of weeks for twenty dollars, really just to cover shipping and handling. And, you know, we just think that's a better alternative to a huge demo day with a million different manufacturers around where you might take a couple of swings. You know, we, we allow people to really you know, spend some time with our clubs uh, and take them out to your, your home course or your range and, and try and compare them to what's in your bag right now. And so that's, you know, one program that's been extraordinarily uh, well received. Um, and then, as you said, we, we you know, we're, we're really trying to we think the the price of golf equipment has really gotten out of control in recent years. I mean, it makes my head spin that, you know, drivers are five or $600 and sets of forged irons are, you know, 12, 13, $1,400 or sometimes even more. And so, you know, through our, our trade-in program, we help offset, you know, if you've got a set of clubs that you're not going to use anymore or sitting in your closet, you know, we, we subsidize the, the purchase price of the new clubs, uh, the new Ben Hogan clubs by, by taking in your old one at old ones at fair market value. And then, you know, you mentioned also the, the financing program. Hey, if you, you know, if you make a purchase from us, that's typically in the seven to $900 range for a set of clubs and, and maybe a few wedges as well, a set of irons and some wedges. Um, mm-hmm. You don't have to pay it all at one time. You can split, split that up over, you know, course of a year and makes it a little bit easier for everybody. I love it. Scott White is the CEO of Ben Hogan Golf. BenHoganGolf.com is the website. You guys know how excited we are about what they're doing, how supportive we are, and they to us as well. And that's the reason why when we do our trip later on this year, our listeners' trip to the French Lake Resort, everyone that goes on the trip is going to get a set of PTX Pro irons just to show you guys how special they are and how excited uh, we are for the association Uh, scott thank you very much for taking a few moments to to join us we thought it was a good time to kind of touch base with you again i know things are going crazy for you and that's great but we want to continue to carry your message far and wide and keep that momentum moving well thanks maddie it's always a pleasure and uh hope we do get to see each other uh, in person sometime soon me too scott thank you very much all right so golf sometimes Gives and sometimes it takes, as promised. Here's an update from the course. Play is underway at Colonial. First round co-leader Harold Varner III, who posted a seven under par 63, started at the 10th hole today at the par four. His opening tee shot, I'm giving you what is the PGA Tour so-called play-by-play, where they give you a little synopsis of each shot. His tee shot went 269 yards to a bridge. Okay. From there, he had 137 yards to hole. He had to take a penalty drop. So I'm not quite clear how he had to take a penalty. I'm not suggesting anything went wrong here. I'm suggesting this is information we don't have. To take a penalty drop from a bridge 
because normally a bridge would be you. And that's how it first came through to me. And then they modified this and said shot two was a penalty. Initially, it said that he got a free drop. No, it was a penalty drop. So that that would tell me that that bridge, that maybe he didn't catch the bridge, that maybe whatever that bridge is over is defined as, as a uh, penalty area, and he had to take a drop from it. All right, so that's shot two, penalty stroke. When he took the drop, he had 143 yards left of the hole. He hit it. 115 yards. So as a result, he ended up in the right front bunker. Just over 95 feet from the hole. From there, it appears he caught too much of the blade and hit it over the green. Leaving himself just inside of 50 feet back to the hole. His fifth shot left him just inside of 10 feet to the hole. He missed that putt. It was just it was like 10 feet, one inch, I believe, officially. And as a result, Harold Varner III posted a three over par seven at the par four 10th hole to start. So Harold Varner III, who was tied for the lead, opening with a seven under par 63, is now tied for 15th at four under par after that start. Now, Harold Varner III is playing the par 5 11th, and he hit, you know, good drive, uh, 300 yards-ish, down the the right center of the fairway. And from there, he hit a 206-yard drive at the 11th hole. Pretty straight hole, but he opted to lay up. I I have a feeling there that he decided, well, I'm not going to take any chances here, and I'm just going to hit a nice shot right down the middle. So he's left himself about 116 yards to the hole. So we'll see if he can make up for some of the damage and chip away at it as the round moves on. Ireland.com. If you log on to Ireland.com, you can see the glory, the majesty, the culture, the fun. Uh, The Irish word for it is crack. Uh, That is Ireland. And those beautiful golf courses. The Lynx courses that wrap around that island, I believe, are the finest Lynx courses in all the globe because the land is unprotected from the ravages of the union between earth and the atlantic ocean and the way that the dirt and the the earth connect with those angry sometimes seas have over the millennium created these incredible landscapes these incredible canvases that these golf courses lay themselves out on check it out yourself you're going to love it ireland.com for more we're going to go deeper into the charles schwab challenge got more sound for you to hear from some big names as well justin thomas jordan spieth rory mcelroy phil mickelson it all lies ahead on the fairways of life show on this friday wearing the right golf shoe matters that's why FootJoy offers more styles of shoes for more types of players than anybody else So you can get matched with the right golf shoe for your game on FootJoy.com with the FJ Shoe Finder. By answering a few short questions, you can find the shoe that fits your playing style and preference. Whether you walk or ride, prefer cleated or spikeless, ultra-stable or flexible. If you need a narrow or wide or extra wide, FootJoy offers the most styles for the most players and can match you with the golf shoe that's right for you. Does your golf shoe match your game? Find out with the FJ Shoe Finder. Visit footjoy.com slash shoe finder today. 
I'm Tiger Woods, and I chose Bridgestone. I wanted to be with a company that I knew, and then on top of that, that made superior products. So I did. I came back and I started playing with the Bridgestone Tour BXS, and it's allowed me to maintain the spin and the feel I like around the greens, especially my short irons, but also have that penetrating flight through the wind. The aerodynamics have been phenomenal. I know the quality that Bridgestone has, R&D that's available to them, and what they were able to create that helped me win golf tournaments. Nestled amongst the hills of the Hoosier National Forest resides a classic American destination, the French Lick Resort. Experience the ultimate in golf at the Pete Dye Course at French Lick, voted number one course in Indiana and Golf Week's best you can play for 10 years in a row. The Donald Ross Course at French Lick has been named Indiana's number two course in Golf Week's best you can play rankings every year since 2011. Come experience old world opulence amid modern comfort served with Midwestern charm. Visit FrenchLick.com. What's your bucket list destination? Where have you always wanted to go? What's the number one thing that holds people back from doing that? It's fear of logistics. I don't know where to stay. I don't know how to get tea times. I don't know where to go. I don't know who should take me there. Well, I'll tell you who knows the answer to all those questions. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. That's why the Fairways of Life show has aligned ourselves with these experts. And is there some place you want to go, like the Open or a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup? They can take care of that as well. What is your golf bucket list? Where do you want to go? Do it with thegolftravelgroup.com. At Ben Hogan Golf, we manufacture some of the finest golf equipment in the world in our small factory in Fort Worth, Texas. That's because we build each club by hand using the same process Mr. Hogan created when he started his company 65 years ago. We call it micromanufacturing, no mass production, and no shortcuts. Visit BenHoganGolf.com to learn more about our tour quality products and factory direct prices. It's time for you to discover Streamsong, a new kind of resort that takes the everyday ordinary to the absolutely extraordinary. Three internationally acclaimed link-style courses by golf architecture's iconic foursome of Gil Hans, Tom Dope, Bill Kaur, and Ben Crenshaw that provide a golf experience distinguished as unlike any you've ever had before, with undulating fairways navigating through wild grasses and deep water ponds and lakes, towering sand dunes to find the unexpected experience of playing golf at Streamsong, the ultimate legendary golf destination set apart by the unexpected. Streamsongresort.com. All right, so because of the trouble at his first hole of the day for Harold Varner III with a triple at the par 4 10th, Justin Thomas is now amongst that group at six under par who are all just one shot back. Remember, Justin Rose is leading at seven under. He tees off at 12.55 p.m. this afternoon. Justin Thomas is standing on the tee at the par 4 10th right now. Getting ready to get his day started in a very marquee grouping. This is a par four that pond in front of the tee box and the hole gently slides from right to left as there's movement on almost all the holes out here. Just an iron off the tee for JT as he blasts this one down the right side of the fairway, catches the fairway and holds at this hour. So he will be from the right center of the fairway with his approach. I don't know what iron he hit there. But it looked to me like it was about a four, maybe a five iron, which for him is going to be at least 230. So he's going to have somewhere between, say, my estimate based on what I'm seeing right now, somewhere in the vicinity of anywhere from 140 to probably 160 left in 
to that first green. So we'll see. Ricky Fowler on the tee now. Remember, he was three over after the opening round, and he has pulled this one hard left. He was playing a new set of irons yesterday, and with an iron off the tee here at the par 4 10th, he had the volunteers scrambling behind trees, and now they're working their way over to the deep grass to identify where his ball has landed. Jordan Spieth had an incredible finish to his round. I'm sure that was welcome to him, and I'm also sure it was welcome to golf fans around the world, but in particular here in this metro area where he lives, very close. So Jordan Spieth also with an iron off the par 4 10th. PGA Tour Live is live right now. It's distributed by NBC Sports Gold. It's a 400-yard par 4. Jordan Spieth working this one gently from right to left, and it should catch the left side of the fairway and does. It hits a little camber in the fairway and releases slightly to the right on the roll, so that one looks like it may have finished right dead center, and the three players are strolling off the par 4 10th, the three players being Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler, who's in trouble in the woods on the left, and then Justin Thomas. Now, after Justin Thomas fired a six under par 64 that now currently has him within one stroke of the lead, he spoke to Todd Lewis, and, you know, you've been off for a long time. You'd never played here before. Was nerves at all a factor? It definitely was at the start. It's just, it's weird. It's like, uh, it's a weird nerves, and it's an eerie, weird nerve because there's no fans and nobody out there. Uh, you know, you hit a good shot, you make a good putt, and um, we're pretty much just clapping for each other, just kind of making making fun of one another. But, no, it's it's just good to be back. I mean, it, it, obviously I would have taken this round before I started, but uh, and I felt like I got definitely the most out of how I played and uh, just relied a lot on Jimmy out there because not only is this the first competitive round I've played out here, but a uh, complete different win than I played my practice round. So it was pretty useless. <laughs> I've talked to a lot of players, and they said that they've – hit the reset button during this layoff. Have you done that? And if so, what has changed? I definitely did. Uh, you can't. I mean, I guess everybody's different, but I, there's no way I could have been practicing and, and prepping for three straight months. It just uh, would have, for me, been very unproductive. I mean, I took a month totally and completely away from the game. The, the next month was probably, I mean, I played, but I, I never practiced. And then I, I really didn't. I was talking to Joe about it, uh, Rick's caddy on the, uh, somewhere in the back nine that, I didn't really go actually hit balls uh, to actually go practice probably until about four weeks ago, something like that, just because I felt like what's the point going out there and getting your game to where you want to have to maintain it for another month and a half or two. Um, So really just about trying to get the right timing, but getting rested and just staying in shape more than anything. Justin Thomas on the golf course right now playing his first hole of the day. He is now but one shot off the lead that belongs to Justin Rose. Rose at 7 under par will tee off at 12.55 p.m. Justin Thomas, the tee shot that he hit, I have a feeling it was a 5-iron off that tee and not a 4. He hit it 222 yards to the right side of the fairway. He has 179 left into the hole. So that's where we stand right now. And as soon as we get a report on that, I will send it along to you. He is being filed by PJ Tour Live right now, so we should benefit from it. We have time to get to another marquee player that posted a six under par 64. One Colin Morikawa, who's also on the golf course as we speak. He, too, spoke to Todd Lewis. This is courtesy of the PGA Tour and Golf Channel. And you you come out and you play that well. All the things. He's a really, really special player. Todd asked him what's working for him. 
Uh, putting. It's, you know, it's crazy. I was hitting really good iron shots, gave myself some close birdies. Um, but overall, you know, I felt really good with the putter today, and you know, that's, that's huge for me. What did you work on during the break to have this result right out of the gate? Yeah, you know, living in Vegas, uh, I was thankful that they were open for a good amount of time. You know, we shut down for a few weeks, but for me, it was just to pick up where I left off. I thought where I left off from Bay Hill, the players, I made drastic changes in my putting, um, just kind of mentally. And yeah, I just wanted to remember, you know, what that was, what that feeling was. So hopefully I had that by the first hole today. It's interesting. This is your second year as a PGA Tour member. Uh, you have 21 consecutive cuts on the PGA Tour, 20 as a PGA Tour professional. How much better do you think you are as a PGA Tour member now compared to last year? You know, it's a, it's a level of comfort. I feel completely comfortable out here. I know a bunch of these guys, you know, and, and it, that's what makes it easier for me is I can come out here and knowing that these guys just love golf. Um, I've said that from day one, just knowing that I can play with these guys. But now that I've had roughly a year under my belt, um, you know, I feel really comfortable. And that's what's been the easiest part to kind of just play better. Colin Morikawa, a six under par opening round, has him but one shot off the lead as well. All right, Jordan Spieth now with his shot to the first green from 158 yards. This one finds the front of the green and releases and rolls out just slightly. Work left there for him to do. Uh, we can report that Jordan Spieth was over the green on his approach. And now Ricky Fowler looks like he's got to take it through the trees or over the trees more likely for his second shot. And it is on the way right now. Fowler is three over par. And this one, from the angle I'm looking at, does not look like it found the putting surface. Dom, do we ever uh, report on what the weather is going to be at Colonial today? Uh, we sure do, Matt. It's going to be hot. <laughs> very, very hot. Well, it was 93 so, yesterday, yeah. Yeah, so right now for these guys, it's it's hovering around 80 around this time, which is fine. Um, there's very little wind right now, but by the afternoon, the wind should be picking up. They're calling it east-southeast wind, 5 to 10 miles per hour for the afternoon groups, and then the heat will come back in there. You'll be looking at probably 92 to 95-ish, um, and the same thing through the weekend. It's looking like the temperatures are going to be around 95, 97. The good side of this is there's very little humidity. They're saying that the humidity is pretty low, so it's kind of a dry heat, if you will, but that's still hot no matter how you look at it. And the mm -hmm. wind will pick up just slightly for the weekend. Uh, they're calling it southeast winds, 6 to 12 miles per hour. So it's pretty, I mean, I wouldn't say benign, but it's hot and not too windy, and it's going to be pretty consistent today through the weekend. You know what I'm wondering? Why aren't they getting the afternoon thunderstorms at those temperatures? I don't know. Obviously, it has I mean, to do I think with that I think the, I think the weather gods are like, all right, all right, we'll let you play some golf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. I've always said God is very vested in golf. How many How many U.S. Open winners have we had? And they're like, I heard the voice of God. God was like, you're going to win this. God, shouldn't you be dealing with the pandemic? I enjoy my golf as well. All right, so Bryson DeChambeau, I mean, I don't even know where to start with Bryson DeChambeau. He, I, I said that last week on, on Morning Drive, and we'll be on tomorrow and Sunday at 9 a.m. each one of those two days. I said that he's such an interesting cat, and he is. So he claims to be coming back, what, 230, 240 pounds. I mean, what was your reaction, Don, when you saw him yesterday? Um... I don't want to be negative because I think he's obviously picked up a tremendous amount of dif uh, of distance. If you like watch his, he's on. Yards. What's wrong? 
It's like thirty yards. Yeah, it's crazy. And if you watch, he does a lot. He's been doing a lot of social media the last several months. He uses Twitch because he plays video games and he does kind of running commentary a lot of times. And he's also been posting a lot of videos, you know, with him trying to get his swing speed or the ball speed up over 200. And so you've kind of seen a little bit of the transformation. And he certainly has a plan. He, he certainly does. And as far as we can tell, I mean, he's playing great. He's hitting the ball a lot, a lot farther. The plan is working. All I can say is he doesn't look right. <laughs> It's just, it seems a little too much. There's a little bit of like Hulk coming out of his shirt. And when he stands over the ball, it's like, yeah, you know, your plan is working. But if you keep going on the plan, I just wonder if he'll still be able to swing a golf club. I, I don't know. I mean, when I, when I look at him, he looks like a guy to me that, you know, in his day was really strong, did a lot of lifting, was really proud of his physique and all the rest, and got to be about like 60, 65 years old. And, you know what I mean, the body started to 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 fill out from not, you know, slower metabolism and eating what he wanted and or drinking what he wants and blah, blah, blah. So he still has the size, he still has the strength, he weighs more, but the proportions have all changed. Yeah, he doesn't look lean. He doesn't, like, he's not, all the muscles everywhere aren't super well defined. defined. He, he just looks, he just looks but big. But I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like the, the thing that either him or his team or whatever, and he got voted, like, you know, the fittest, one of the fittest athletes and all the rest, I kind of feel like we're being fed the idea that he's in some incredible shape. Like, he was talking about his, his six-pack and all the rest. I don't see all that. I see bulk and i'm not denying that in strength that's added you know 25 30 yards to his drives it's amazing as jordan spieth uh, made a nice par at that opening hole so uh, all all uh, i can say is there has been an update to the rankings of which tour player would win at a bar fight and it's bryson <laughs> i suppose if it's if it's power over speed right no, I I think I I think I would want him next to me. If if Bryson DeChambeau was standing behind me in a bar, out, yeah. nobody's getting anywhere near me. <laughs> Sounds like that's something you think about a lot, Dom, when you're like going out. Well, you know, I'm a worrywart. <laughs> Interesting. All right, Rory McIlroy uh, is on the par four tenth right now. Opening tee shot for him carves it around the corner and this one ends up in the fairway very nicely for Rory McIlroy he's starting the day at two under par and currently two under par would have him five shots off the lead Brooks Kepka playing alongside of him they were calling his mustache yesterday <laughs> looking like Super Mario I actually heard that on the air I think it was Robert Dameron that said I'm not sure all right tee shot away for him he too is on two under par and this one taking that route down the right side of the fairway. Both players with irons in hand to get started on this Friday morning. Again, at that par 4, 10th hole that measures 400 yards. John Rahm is the last. He birdied both of his first two holes yesterday. Looked like he was just off to the races, but ended up finishing at one under par. So John Rahm finishing one shot behind the rest. If you saw the start of Jordan Spieth, and then the start of John Rahm yesterday, who would you have guessed would finish under par, first of all, or deeper under par between the two? I don't know anybody in the world that wouldn't have picked John Rahm through at least the opening nine holes. But alas, Jordan finished at five under and Rahm, who's safely in the middle of fairway to start his Friday morning on the left side. So 
Let's talk about those two. We'll start with Bryson DeChambeau. This is courtesy of the PGA Tour and Golf Channel. Todd Lewis spoke with him. And all these things surrounding Bryson, I guess the place to start is what are you thinking after round one? What are your emotions? Well, I'm pleased. After a lot of time off and not playing any competitive golf, uh, coming out and shooting five under right off the bat's pretty nice. Uh, it just shows that, you know, I really, if you, if you practice the right things, you don't uh, necessarily have to play tournament golf, I guess. How much improvement to your game and your body did you, do you feel like you've done in this time off? Yeah, I don't know how much I've improved, but I know I've improved um, from players. I mean, I was 220 pounds then, and I'm now 236 to 240, depending on the time of day. Um, so I feel like I've got a lot more strength, stability, um, a lot more awareness of the club, and I feel like I'm in more control than I ever have been. Statistically, have you seen the efforts in transforming your body? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, you look at the numbers today, I think, right? They were pretty decent. There was a couple good drives, and... That's not full boat. That's not the full go because I can't hit it in places out here. You know, there's some some areas it's just I can't give it my all. Um, I was thinking about going for 17 today, and uh, I should have done it because I didn't hit the six iron in the fairway. But um, it's one of those things that I'm still learning what to do with my body. So this destination is still continuing. Oh yeah, and I don't know if it'll it'll end. I, I hope to go up in distance. You know, I feel like I've found a, a method that's worked really well for me, and um, it's helped me repair myself whenever I've gotten into trouble um and i just keep progressing with it so i'm just gonna keep doing it till i stop okay well what he did do yesterday was a five under par 65 currently has him two shots off the lead uh justin thomas just hit his opening tee shot on the 11th hole and that one went way to the right that's the par 5 11th so thomas who was able to scramble to save par at the 10th, kind of an unforced error. He was 179 to the right center of the fairway and juiced it. But Did you see the wedge this... he hit yesterday where he hit it super close and he was fake waving to everybody? <laughs> uh, no, I didn't actually see that. That is classic. <laughs> he was he was laughing with his playing partners and he was he hit it really close and he tipped his cap. And then he looked to the left and waved and he looked to the right and he waved. <laughs> well, it was kind of funny too because when he just hit this one right into the woods at the 11th hole, Instead of the big hand, uh, you know, finger pointing out there and screaming forth, there's nobody out there. Yeah, so he just he pointed just, to the right like it was a strike, like an umpire. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what he did. He just did it with a little, like, flip. Uh, all right, Ricky Fowler has hit his tee shot at the par 5 11th. He was able to save par at, despite a tee shot that went well off to the left and through the trees on the 10th. So he remains at three over par. And then that brings us to Jordan Spieth. Spieth is currently five under, a par at the opening hole, a really solid one, too, on the green in regulation, a lag putt from about 30 feet, and then he tapped it in. Now, this is one of only two par fives at Colonial. PGA Tour Live is live right now, and you can get it through PGA. Uh, PGA Tour Live is on uh, NBC Sports Gold. Tee shot on the way, curving this one from right to left, finding the fairway beautifully for Jordan Spieth. This one is still running. They got some bounce and a little bit of run on the golf course. So for Jordan to have the finish that he had, it was tremendous. He spoke to the media yesterday, and this is from the flash area. Yeah, it was a tale of two nines for me. Um, you know, I had one over through, uh, through two. It's not an ideal start when you head into the horrible horseshoe, but I thought if I could sneak out of there at, you know, even par, or even one under, then uh, I was right back to kind of, you know, right back in the thing and uh, ended up even par through six and kind of thought, 
you know, that settled me down a little bit. I was a little shaky to start today, uh, to be honest. Um, I wasn't sure if I would be or not, and I, I certainly was. And once I got through six holes, I, I hit a lot of really good shots after that. Talk a little bit about the state of your game at the end of when we were playing and then starting back this week. Anything in particular uh, different that you've been working on or just yeah, ready to a, get back out? I mean, I essentially had an off season to look back on you know, five weeks of play, um, recognize what I was doing better than last season, recognize what still needed to be worked on and adjusted. And uh, it's one thing to do it. It's another to then go out and trust it in tournament play. And I haven't really had a lot of super competitive rounds other than the last couple weeks. I'm trying to get games going with guys here in town, uh, and I think that was beneficial. But it, I should be able to trust it more and more as we continue to play more rounds. But yeah, just some some swing stuff, just catching the club up, and just simple stuff that that professionals do well that I wasn't doing well. Of all people, today for you had to be a little bit strange. Just the fan support that you usually get out here. Just yeah. talk a little bit about the dynamics of today's round. Yeah, it was definitely. Uh, it didn't hit me, uh, you know, the last couple days. But when I was driving in and I saw I was pulling in when Mickelson was on 4T and when I didn't see anybody there and it was a tournament round day, it wasn't a practice round day, I'm like, this is, uh, this is certainly, certainly weird, you know. Um, but, yeah, it, was, uh, it is what it is right now. I think I'm, I'm certainly just really happy to be playing golf and, and being able to be competitive again and, and to be able to finish our season. Um, I was getting pretty anxious. Jordan Spieth, after opening with a five under par 65, addressing the media yesterday. Uh, Rory McIlroy just hit his approach shot at his first hole of the day, the par 410th, and he got it closer than the other two guys in his group. I'm guessing that it's just inside of 20 feet. We'll know more when they come back to that green. And we're going to hear from Rory after his opening round of a two under par 68 uh, leading to this birdie putt that's coming up touredge.com when you get a chance to log on to touredge.com you can see their massive product line they have something for everybody if you've got somebody that's just starting out in the game and they just want everything you want to get them a, you know they don't even know what to buy so buy them a box set where whatever clubs they need are in them maybe it's for your child or your grandchild or or your spouse it's a great way to get started but even if it's something that you need set of irons or a driver or a wingman putter, whatever it is, when you get a chance, go on to touredge.com. They encourage you to get fit for, for the clubs that you are going to play. So getting fit, latest technology, lifetime warranty, built in the USA, and you don't have to remortgage your house in order to afford it. Touredge.com for more. So for Rory McIlroy, a birdie putt will await him. He'll be the third to hit. We'll give you what we can when we see it. But first, we give you this. Rory McIlroy, after his 200 par 68, addressed the media in the flash area. Uneventful. Uh, I didn't really. I made three birdies and one bogey. Uh, the one bogey on the sixth hole, I three-putted from like 30 feet. But... Um, it's one of those days I, I, I put myself in position to, to shoot a low score. I just I didn't capitalize on how I hit it off the tee. Um, my, my distance control of my wedges was a little off. And then, um, you know, the, the putting out there got a little difficult at the end of the day. Greens are sort of slow and I got pretty bumpy at the end. So um, you know, hopefully some better greens in the morning and uh, hopefully shoot a lower score. A lot of talk about golf returning. What was it like being out there? It was good. It felt good to be back. Um, you know, I thought it was going to feel more different than it was. It, you know, like it's a little strange, you know, not having anyone around. But at the same time, you know, we are so concentrated on what we're doing and trying to shoot good scores and play good golf. And so once we, you know, 
me personally, once I got into it, I, I didn't feel like it was much different at all. Rory McIlroy, a 200 par 68. He will have a birdie opportunity coming up in his first hole of the day. The par 410th before him was Brooks Kepka on the same mark, and Brooks just drained it from like 30 feet. John Rahm now for his birdie attempt. Remember, he's starting the day at one under. His rolling up to low. This one's looking good, too. Ooh, we just shaved the right side. This one released a little way. Oh, wee bit of work left there for John Rahm. His hands are on his hip as he strolls up. PGA Tour Live. You can get it through NBC Sports Gold. I believe, uh, Dom, do you know? I believe it's it's free to watch it today. Am I? Is that true? Well, typically what the what the PGA Tour does is if you go on Twitter, they'll give you access. I think it's like 30 minutes or 45 minutes. They'll let you watch some of the coverage for free. I think and- it's 90 minutes on Twitter, but I believe that they're doing a promotion where you can get it for free. All right, so here's Rory McIlroy now. He has a birdie putt from, it looks like, 10 feet from this angle. Maybe maybe a little bit more, but from the angle, it looks like it's about 10 feet. 11 feet, 7 inches, Dom tells me. There you go. Good job, Dominic. And this putt that he has is on a similar to line to the one he just watched from Brooks. Here it comes, and it missed on the left side. That thing just kept one. It looked so good for so long, I was ready to scream that it's in. But as it happens from Rory, where that, that is a gift that he does not have as compared to his other attributes of his game. The putting sometimes is... Brilliant, and other times it's it's very average, and that was one that he was denied despite a really good effort. So Rory McIlroy remains at two under par. Brooks Kepka goes to three under par. Brooks is within four shots of the lead right now. That belongs to Justin Rose. And then there's John Rahm, who will have an effort to save par, if you will, or make par, probably better said here at his first hole of the day, the par four tenth. But he's left himself a good amount of work. This is about... Five and a half feet for John Rahm because of the way it raced down the slope past the hole after his birdie effort. John Rahm at one under par looking to stay there. Settles over this one, and he's made it. So they walk off one under, two under, and three under. Brooks, Rory, and Rahm is where we stand right now. Brooks is the one at three under par. Okay, so from there, the last voice that I wanted to get to today was that of Phil Mickelson. Looked like he had it working pretty well. Phil Mickelson fired a one under par 69, but he birdie or he bogeyed two of his last three holes. After he finished, he too addressed the media in the flash. Yeah, it's nice to be back out, and I, I feel uh, all the precautions are being made to make it safe, and, and it's exciting to uh, be back playing and competing. You're an absolute fan favorite. What is it like not playing with fans? It, it's certainly awkward uh, not having everybody out here, but to, I, I, I'm certainly proud of the steps the PGA Tour has taken to have everybody be safe, feel safe uh, in this environment, and to hopefully entertain and, and have some uh, people watching on TV, even though they're not here. How has the preparation in these last weeks translated to the course today? Uh, I was certainly uh, a little bit rusty slash nervous but had a good round going and then I kind of let it slide there in the end and it was uh but again fun to be back out playing and competing and hopefully I'll I'll play better uh each round as the tournament goes on yeah preparation going into tomorrow so I'm gonna go practice a little bit hit some balls and and uh see if I can be a little bit sharper for for all 18 holes tomorrow all right so Phil Mickelson uh who fired a one under par 69 Okay, so there's two things that I want to do. I want to go through the top of the leaderboard again and some of these marquee players and let you know who's teeing off when. 
And But I'm going to start that with telling you when you can get your coverage. So marry the two together, and you'll know when the players that you want to watch uh, are on the golf course. So Dom tells me that there's continuing movement on Harold Varner III's car. Did he, have, did he get two back, Dom, or what's the status on the scoring? It seems like they're struggling a little bit with the scoring today. Well, I think there's a lot going on, and it, man, it, how freaking awesome is it to have golf back, by the way? <laughs> I know, I love it. Yeah, and live while so, we're on the air, too. Perfect. So he, he, as we talked about earlier in the program, he, he triple bogeyed the, his 10th hole, which was his first hole, um, but he has since birdied 12, and he just birdied 13, so okay. he's bringing it back. He's back up to 6-under, which is one shot back of Justin Rose, who has not teed off yet, so he's still got that 7-under right there, and he is currently the leader. But uh, Varner trying to work his way back after a little bit of a rough start. Okay, so here we go with the air times of where you can get your coverage of the, the Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial. For television, we have it for you today at 4 p.m. All these times are Eastern. At 4 p.m. Eastern time on Golf Channel. Saturday will be at 1 p.m. Eastern time on Golf Channel, 3 p.m. on CBS. Sunday, same schedule, 1 p.m. on Golf Channel, 3 p.m. on CBS. PGA Tour Live is live right now. Featured group coverage. On Saturday and Sunday, they will also be coming on at 7.45 a.m. PGA Tour Radio starts at 1 p.m. for the next three days. Okay? So having said that now, now I'd like to go through uh, some leaders and some marquee names so you know what they're doing and when they're teeing off. Leader Justin Rose at 7 under par after a 63 yesterday. He will tee off at 12.55 p.m. today. Harold Varner III, with whom he shared the lead after the first round, now stands at six under par. Yes, he tripled that opening hole, the par 410th for him today, but he's had two ensuing birdies to get it to only one over par in but one shot off the lead. Tied for second at six under par as well. Colin Morikawa, who is level par through two holes played today. Xander Shoffley has joined the group one shot back at six under par. He birdied the opening hole today to reach that mark. Justin Thomas is tied for second. He is six under par after a par at his first hole of the day. He's playing the par five 11th hole right now. Tied for ninth at five under par. Jordan Spieth, who's playing alongside of Justin Thomas. Both of those players are featured right now on featured group coverage on PGA Tour Live, distributed by NBC Sports Gold. Bryson DeChambeau is five under par. He will be teeing off at 12.55 p.m. today after an opening round of 65 yesterday. Gary Woodland is five under par. He will be teeing off at 1.06 p.m. today after a 65. Dom, did we have news about Gary Woodland, some breaking news, and what was it, a blister? Yeah, he had a blister yesterday, and he talked a little bit about it after his round. He was basically saying that, because uh, he was struggling to start, and it was because he literally said he changed his golf swing to relieve pressure on the blister on his hand. I forget which hand it was on. And he, for lack of a better word, he basically said, ah, forget it. And he just dealt with the pain and went and just put the pressure there and played much better coming in. Uh, but, you know, that's something we're going to have to keep an eye on because if he has to do that to get in get in get in the zone that blister could progress pretty quickly i would think through the weekend and make it and it could be kind of not a good situation so something well, to keep an eye on gary woodland well not only gary but it's interesting from the perspective of players who have been off for a long time gary's got all his little babies at home 
and they obviously haven't been able to practice. So so the, the callus is on their hand, because I'm sure it's not a, a new wear point for him. It's new in that what he had healed, and he ripped it back open and getting, getting ready for play this week. Tied for ninth at five under as well, Daniel Berger. He will tee off at 128 p.m. Tied for 25th, Bubba Watson, three under par, because he has already had a birdie today through two holes. And he is within four shots of the lead. Brooks Kepka, as we told you, birdied his first hole of the day, the par 4 10th. So he has reached three under in a tie for 25th. Ricky Fowler has a birdie putt at the par 5 11th right now, curling it from right to left. And this one stays on the high side, so he will stay on the high side as well of three over par. Mark Hubbard is three under par. He will tee off in about 14 minutes from now. Rory McIlroy, tied for 41st, starting the day at two under par. He parred his first hole of the day, as we told you about it. He is getting ready, and he is playing as we speak. The par 5, 11th, his second hole of the day right now, as we speak. Patrick Reed, a two under par 68 for Patrick Reed. Has him tied currently with that group with Rory McIlroy that are 41st. He will tee off at 1244. All right, Justin Thomas had his trouble at the 11th. He has a 32-foot par putt at the par 5 11th. This will heat up any. Even if he makes this, he's going to walk off this green angry. Even angrier because he's going to be walking off with the least of bogey now. So Justin Thomas will drop from one shot off the lead to a minimum of two shots off. Yeah, this one's got enough in it that it's not even just walk up, tap it in, and shake your head and, and walk away. He's He's going to have to try to make an effort on that one. He is shaking his head as he turns his back to the to the hole in the ball for the time being. But that leaves the stage for Jordan Spieth, who's looking to switch positions with Justin Thomas. Jordan is five under par where he started the day, and he has a birdie putt here at this par 5, 11th. This birdie putt is from about nine feet, which could take him to six under par. Putt is on the way. He's made it. So Jordan Spieth now goes to six under par. And interestingly, as I was telling you, Justin Thomas has a putt for bogey. He's currently six, so he'll drop to five. They're they're at least going to switch positions on this one. And this is assuming that Justin Thomas negotiates this one into the hole. He should. It's got enough distance left on it to obviously pay attention to it. It's not just step up, pop it in the hole, and move on. Looks like it's about three feet, maybe a little bit more than that for Justin Thomas. So this is Justin Thomas for bogey at the par 5 11th. I'm watching PGA Tour Live, which he's made, uh, distributed by NBC Sports Gold. So as I mentioned to you, Rory McIlroy is playing this this same hole right now, the par 5 11th hole. Uh, Tony Finau is on the golf course. He's starting the day at two under par after 68 yesterday. John Rahm parred his first hole of the day, so he remains where he started the day at one under par. As Rory McIlroy is, uh, he's going for this par five eleventh in two. We'll, we'll give you the results of the same. Yeah, it's a huge, huge hole. Dom's uh, incredulous that he's going for it, and he hit it just left front of the green. Phil Mickelson is one under par. He will tee off at one o six. P.M. this afternoon. Keegan Bradley will start the day at one under par. He's on the course right now. Sergio Garcia will start at one under par. He tees off 
in right now. Actually, he's he's on the tee as we speak. Victor Hovland is level par. He tees off at twelve fifty five. Bernhard Langer, I know. Even par to start with a seventy. He tees off at one thirty nine. Dustin Johnson, one over par seventy one yesterday. He'll tee off at twelve fifty five. Shane Lowry, a one over par opening for him. He'll tee off at one twenty eight. Ricky Fowler, as I mentioned to you, three over par, even par so far today. We'll see how it how it plays itself out. And in Ryder Cup, Captain Steve Stricker, a three over par, 73. He won this event a few years ago. 1.17 p.m. will be the tee time for him. Rory McIlroy's driving distance this season, 320.2 yards. Strokes gained. Off the tees, he's picking up three-quarters of a stroke just off the tee alone on the rest of the field. And his longest drive so far this season, 412 yards. Psyched that golf is back again. So excited to share it with you. You can catch me tomorrow on Golf Channel Morning Drive. We'll come on the air at 9 a.m. same time on Sunday. And then Monday, we are looking forward to going over everything that happened with you guys in the week that was. On the PGA Tour, because golf is back, and all of us are delighted to have it. Hope you guys have a wonderful Friday. Be safe. Be careful out there. Make sure you take adequate precautions. We're not past this virus yet. And I wish all of you the very, very best. Bye for now.